Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Old Testament reading of Isaiah and the Gospel of Matthew, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so there's two weeks until Christmas. How are you feeling? And Christmas is a time where we gather together with family and friends. But what if you have no family or friends? What if you have family and friends, but all of those relationships are strained? What if you have family and friends, but they're all busy with other things, and they have very little time for you? What if you have family and friends that you want to spend time with, but they are all sick all the time? What if you have family and friends that want to spend time with you, but you are sick all the time? What if you are preparing for Christmas, but also preparing to receive some news on some test results, and it's likely not going to come back as good news? What if you're trying to shop for Christmas presents, but you don't really have the money to spend? What if you're coming to church, but not really sure what you believe? What if you're coming to church and you're struggling? What if you're struggling with some sin that is overwhelming your life? Maybe it's lies that are finally catching up to you and you're losing the trust of everyone around you. Maybe it's some adultery that's in your marriage and you're not sure if your marriage is going to survive. Maybe you're withholding forgiveness from someone. Maybe you are not repentant of your own sins. You're not sorry for the things that you're doing against God or against others. Now maybe you're not any of these things. Maybe you're many of these things. So, how are you feeling? We all have lots of feelings. Some of us are more emotional people than others. Some of us share our feelings freely, even when others don't necessarily want to hear about them. Some of us keep our emotions to ourselves, locked up, nice and tight. We're all different. We're all different with how we share our feelings and what we do with them. But we all still have them. And God's Word talks about feelings and emotions and addresses them. Listen to this from the Old Testament reading of Isaiah. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. The emotions that Isaiah addresses here and in the rest of what we heard in the Old Testament was 
anxiety, worry, fear, sorrow. Think about this time of the year as Christmas draws near. We'll often think about those who are no longer with us. Those who used to sit in the pew right beside us. Think about the last two years and what kinds of feelings things have caused or are still causing you. Think about just life in general. Any feelings of anxiety, worry, fear, sorrow? You also heard in the gospel reading. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Now when you hear this, you might be thinking, What's going on with John? I mean, why is he doubting whether or not Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the one who is to come? I mean, he leapt for joy in his mother's womb at the sound of pregnant Mary's voice. He baptized Jesus. He saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him. And that's all true. And there's also another part from Isaiah that Jesus actually read in the synagogue of Nazareth. And this is what it says. You might remember these words. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison, of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year the Lord's favor. And this is actually where Jesus stops reading in the prophet of Isaiah, and he says, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, it's entirely possible that John was thinking, hey, you said you were going to proclaim the, the liberty to the captives, and, and you're going to open the prison to those who are bound. Well, hello, Jesus. I'm bound here. Maybe you want to set me free? It would make sense in that moment that he would question whether or not Jesus truly is the Christ the one who was to come. And this is not meant to say that John did not believe in Jesus. And even Jesus doesn't doubt John's greatness. But in moments of isolation, imprisonment, loneliness, it's easy to have these feelings. No one is immune from feelings of fear anxiety, worry, doubts, broken hearts. And Jesus says to John's followers, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus points to his actions. Some of those ones that we heard in the Old Testament reading of Isaiah. The things that he has been doing already. Things that have been prophesied about himself from the prophets of old. He is telling them, he is telling him, John, that he is the Messiah. Because he is the fulfillment of all the scriptures. 
Now, sure, he doesn't mention setting the captives free, opening the prison doors. But sometimes, being captive, being imprisoned, isn't necessarily something that is physical either. We read in Acts chapter 8, For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. We can be captives to sin, held captive by the devil, imprisoned in our sin like bitterness, imprisoned in our disobedience. Christ did come to set us free from that. And on the other side of his death and resurrection, Paul writes in Romans chapter 7, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And this freedom is something that can connect us to the first two weeks of the season of Advent. Last week we talked about peace. Peace for God's people. And in the end we saw that we welcome others. We love others. We forgive others. We make peace with others. Because Jesus has welcomed us. He has forgiven us. He loves us. And he has made peace with us through his death and resurrection. Two weeks ago, we found hope for the holidays. The object of our hope, the one that we put our faith and trust in, is Jesus, who has freed us from sin and death. And today, this third week of Advent, we're on joy. If we go back to the Gospel of Matthew with John in prison, there's not much joy there for him. Maybe for us hearing it, but not for John at least. If we go to the things, the actions of Jesus, who is performing all of these miracles, then sure, there's plenty of joy to be found in those who received one of those miracles of Jesus. If we go to the prophecy of Isaiah that Jesus read, that he fulfilled, we see the good news of joy that he brings. And where Jesus stopped reading, I'd like to read that last part. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. This is now the second time today we've heard about God's vengeance. So let's go back to that Old Testament reading of Isaiah. God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. In a time in our lives where maybe there's not that much joy, or maybe that joy is hard to find, instead we find that we're full of anxiety, worry, fear, sorrow. God will come with vengeance and recompense. Vengeance and recompense. So what does that have to do with joy? Well, we might understand vengeance. So let's look at recompense. Probably not a word we use in everyday conversation. Recompense means repayment, reward. It means compensation, restitution. Reward. That sounds like a good thing. Now vengeance. 
we often associate vengeance with revenge or retaliation or retribution. If we think about what God is going to give us, God's vengeance is a just judgment or a just penalty. And the recompense, the payment, the reward that we deserve for our sins is God's judgment. When you look at your life, when you look at all of your sins, all of your disobedience, all of the times that you give into temptation, all the times you let those emotions, feelings, that anxiety, that fear, that worry, that sorrow get the best of you, imagine it like this. Because feelings come and go. Imagine they pass over us like a cloud. But sometimes we focus on those feelings when they come, and they hang over us like a cloud. And that cloud doesn't move from above us. It's like a cloud that blocks the sun and keeps us in the darkness. It keeps us in the darkness of sin rather than focusing on the sun, Jesus Christ. Rather than focusing on the gospel, the good news. Rather, we focus on the cloud and we give that cloud a life of its own. And so that fear, that worry, that anxiety, that sorrow, that bitterness, whatever it is, it gets in the way of us seeing Jesus, and it overwhelms us. It consumes us. It holds us captive to those emotions, and it can seem like we're never going to get out. Wherever we go, the cloud hangs over us. And so you can sit in it all you want. You can dwell on it. It's only going to take away your joy. In Isaiah, we heard about the brokenhearted. We are a broken heart. Sin has broken us. It has broken our hearts. And these are the reasons for all of our sins. As the Gospel of Mark says, For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, Wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Because our hearts are broken, we are sinners who sin. We let emotions consume and take our focus away from Christ. Christ who is the one to help us. And instead we let our anger get the best of us and we flip it on others. We become our own worst enemy. And to that, to our sin, to our disobedience, we do deserve God's vengeance. And that judgment is not a good judgment, but it is just. God's righteous, just judgment sees him giving us death, condemning us giving us hell. That is what we are justly deserving of. Hell. But our brokenness, 
isn't the end of the story. Feelings aren't the end. Anger doesn't have the last word, even if you let it. Anxiety doesn't have the final say. Worry doesn't win. Fear, resentment, bitterness, they all lose. Because Jesus, the Messiah, the one to come, was going to bind up the brokenhearted. He was going to fix our broken, sinful hearts. He was going to comfort those who mourn. With what? With his vengeance. With his vengeance. With his recompense. He will come and save us. We don't have to view vengeance just as a sort of judgment. But vengeance is the force in which God God brings something, the way in which he attacks it. So God takes that anxiety, that fear, that guilt, that worry, that sorrow, all of it, and he attacks it with his vengeance in order to save us. In order to save you. He enters into your cloud of darkness. He joins you in the darkness of your sins. He covers himself with your darkness, your sin, your burdens. Jesus takes upon himself as he is nailed to the cross. And Jesus dies for you. God's just penalty for all of your sin is poured out on Jesus on the cross. And you, as a result of that, are forgiven. And Jesus rises from the dead three days later to prove that he has conquered sin, death, and the devil, and that the world, the devil, and our sinful flesh have no hold on us. And we are given the promise of eternal life to all who believe. And Jesus sends the Holy Spirit who works, creates faith in us, and he sustains that faith in us. And our broken hearts are encompassed by Christ's perfect heart. We are clothed with Christ in our baptism. We have put on Christ, and as a result, we are in him. And the reward, the recompense, our sins are forgiven. Salvation is guaranteed for all who believe in all of the things, the fear, the worry, the anxiety, the sorrow, it's all turned to joy. As Isaiah says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Not just momentary joy, but everlasting joy upon your head. No more thick cloud of sin and darkness that hovers over you. Because you are in Christ, and the sun always shines. Yes, we will struggle. We'll struggle to let the darkness come into our life. We'll struggle with sin. But Christ has conquered all sin and darkness, and it is no match for him. And so today know that Christ is in you, working through his word, as the good news is preached to you. You are a baptized child of God 
called by him, called by name, marked, redeemed, ransomed by Christ the crucified, who comes to set you free. And he does it with his precious body and blood. And go in the light of Christ, knowing that your sins are forgiven, that salvation has been won for you. Heaven is yours. And go with his everlasting joy upon you. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.